0: So, good morning, this is the fourth and uh, probably the last uh, session of uh, the book study, the teaching of Bodhidharma, and uh, we are not going to go through the whole thing, but uh, obviously I encourage all of you to read the entire book and uh, study it. Study it well, read it as, um, as material to dive deep into, uh, not just once. So read it, put it aside, and then pick it up again and read it again uh, at a later time. As your understanding grows, your ability to use those words to uh, propel your practice will also grow. Remember that. So it's not, what we're doing is not concluding as much as getting a taste off. Right? So keep that in mind. All right. So we are, uh, we are continuing from what we did left what we were left off last time. Whoever realizes that the six senses aren't real that the five aggregates are fictions, that no such thing can be located anywhere in the body, understand the language of Buddhas. The sutras say the caves of five aggregates is the hall of Zen. The opening of the inner eye is the door of the great vehicle. What could be clearer? Not thinking about anything is Zen. Once you, know, once you know this, walking, standing, sitting or lying down, everything you do is Zen. To know that the mind is empty is to see the Buddha. The Buddhas of the ten directions have no mind. To see no mind is to see the Buddha. Now, whoever realizes that the six senses aren't real, that the five aggregates are fictions that no such things can be located anywhere in the body. So, isn't that what we do on the cushion? We sit and look, right? So, we, what we do in practice is, is radical because we, we put to test all the assumptions about the self, about others, about our opinions, about what we like about what we don't like right we put everything to test and we we verify whether or not it is true how do we verify right how do i verify whether or not what i feel reflects accurately what is right so i'd like to open that up to talk about it for a little bit Uh, how do you verify it and uh or not and what are we doing in order to, to look at the six senses and the five aggregates? Now, the six senses are, of course, seeing, hearing, smelling, touching, tasting, thinking, consciousness. And the skandhas, so or the aggregates, constitute of mind, form, sensation, perception, impulses, and consciousness. Right? So how we do what we do, how we think. Right? How we enslave ourselves through thought through what we taste through what we hear what we touch so how do we do it? how do you do it? if you don't start speaking I will find somebody to speak
1: I think, I think when, when we pay too much attention everyday life becomes more complicated because
2: there's so much around us that we can be deceived. I think the interesting point about emotions which is um, the next, the yeah, the kind of the next level of uh, I mean one of the things we do when sitting is being aware of our thoughts and I think you know, that is that is a uh, you know one stage of things then the awareness of emotions is actually very interesting because emotions they feel more close to us they feel more real as expressions of that self we create it's like a you know when we feel something it's not like a thought only it's just the sensation is more uh, and uh and and it's interesting because i mean it's not and but it feels very 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 us and and that is uh you know what I, I think I've been you know trying to be more aware of is that my sensation of of anger or, or despise or or something that you know triggers me something it's not to to own it so much as we can disown thoughts relatively <coughs> easy or maybe we practice more easier uh, I find it harder to, to kind of not be um, driven by some emotion. Uh, because we like, and, and typically there are emotions related to, um, I mean, and these are why they're so important. Human interactions triggers these the most. Right. Emotions tri- about, mm-hmm. about anything, like how you're talking to somebody, somebody says something, so.
0: <laughs> so yeah. let me ask you this so at that moment right what he says is you know to verify that this is not true right it's not real he says but doesn't it feel real it does
3: pretty
0: much right so how do you verify at the moment that it rises it comes up in you right it arises how do you verify that it's not real <clears throat> what does it mean not real Let's, maybe we should ask that question yeah. first what does that mean not real
2: Uh, what it means to me not real is that, I mean, the sensation is real. What is not real is that um, the emotion, I mean, the emotion, I, I mean, the feeling of that emotion is very much so real. The reasons why those emotions arise that I create in my head are the story that I'm behind. Like, what I do is that I create that story that says, I'm angry because you did something right and and then I create that story you know, and, and that story is the one that is not real you know and is there a, uh, something separate between emotion and thought they stem from the I mean I do think they stem from the same place the thoughts however they don't necessarily all of them trigger emotions and because they don't trigger emotions are easier to be aware of, I think, because they, they don't belong too much to us. The emotions belong just so much more. Well, it came to my mind the other
4: day I was putting my hand
2: by the
3: cat and the cat was like playing with a sudden, and scratched me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was, you know, the, the question was, does the cat, has he an
2: emotion? get got angry with me for whatever reason. Or at least I'm defining it as anger. Does the cat have smooth nature?
0: Yeah, cats and cows, know. we don't know. So there is a con actually, that (laughs) brings that up. So, but uh, what unites, you said thoughts and emotions, right? The thing that unites all that is that it arises out of nowhere, right? It sticks around and it goes back to that nowhere. And that's what we need to see. So what he says is there is no such thing located in the body. Where is it? And, and when it arises, your job, your, your uh, task is to look. Rather than go with it, automatically look and examine. But where is it? Where is it located? In the body. It feels real. But is it? And, and he's basically guiding you. He's guiding us. Look. Don't believe me. Right? He's saying that in a way. Don't believe what I'm saying. But look for it. Verify it. Before you go with it, before you actually believe it to be true, verify whether or not it is real.
1: It's not where the impulsivity comes in, right? Because we feel that, and we think immediately that it's it's real. And we immediately go with that. But if we step back and say, let's figure out where this energy is going. Yes, the energy is real, but are the thoughts around it real? And I think the thoughts arise from emotions, arise from the emotion, and they trigger each other and build up and build up and build up. So if I feel angry because somebody um, insulted me, um, I'll feel that emotion of defensiveness, and then I'll come back at them with this thought that this person attacked me, and I'll come back and the emotion grows and grows and grows goes back and forth. It can even go back and forth in my own head, right? Because I may not have the opportunity to have an argument with somebody, uh, with this person, but um, I, can, I can keep it going with my thoughts and emotions. So stepping back from that first wave of um, anger and seeing what is this anger, what I'm defining as anger, what is it anger? So not knowing is really important at that point because not knowing that that feeling is anger, it,
0: then it just becomes a feeling. Right? There's no awareness in that process too. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, impulse impulse does not have in it any awareness. Right? <coughs> awareness actually uh, subdues, calms down the automatic mm-hmm. impulse and, and gives us a chance to examine it, to look at it. Just, what's going on here? What is really going on here?
5: Yes. something to say. Uh,
0: yeah. Yes, uh, Andrew. Right. To, to, to turn the attention to something that is, I mean it's medicine, obviously birth is medicine, right? But to turn the attention to, to different uh, experience, right? That not only gives space to all that but also gives us a, a different vantage point from which to examine. Opinion, it's beyond thought, it's beyond deciding, right? It's beyond everything that arises and vanishes. Right? And in a way, it's 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 underlying everything, right? There's nothing outside of it. I mean, it's right when you experience your life, breath is not in question. So when you turn to that, and then of course, breath is affected by what we feel, but it goes both ways. It affects how we feel. So it contracts right, the, 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 what we feel and think contracts the breathing apparatus. But if we expand the breathing apparatus, then we actually expand our ability to see and feel.
4: Yeah. So I have to define everything what we are saying and separate mm-hmm. because it's very, very confusing, very, very complicated. <coughs> so the breath that we are taking it's our medicine, that maybe it's real, maybe it's not. The thoughts that we are thinking, maybe they are real stuff, like physical stuff, or maybe not, but it's have very strong impact and connection to our reaction, to our thoughts, to the point that we can not only became angry theoretically, we can take this action of anger to violence. Example. Okay. Or to maybe a different side, we start crying, we're feeling bad. And this has become physical. So what's physical and what not, it's very difficult to distinguish that.
0: You don't have to distinguish. You have to experience. And then you have to, through awareness, let it. Let it run its course. Let it run its course and see what happens. One of the things we observe and come to terms with in in, in Zazen is that a process of things arise, subsist, and then disappear. Right? Whether it's a thought or emotion or memory. Everything everything, uh, goes through that process. It doesn't feel the same, but the process is the same. Right? It doesn't stick around the same time. Some stick around more, some less. So if you know to allow, if you (coughs) learn to allow things to be, and not to allow them to control you, to control the body, then they will disappear eventually, as you will.
4: So I have to connect to something that we learned a little bit before. Okay. Okay don't live in your past don't Mm -hmm. think about your future and concentrate on your your now in your present because if we are thinking on our past it's past
0: he said not thinking about anything is Zen what is not thinking about anything what does that mean to not Think about anything.
4: Well, first of all, it's very difficult, but let's say it's that difficult.
0: We can... Wait, wait, it's difficult because of what you think it means. And I'm asking, what does it mean? St- w- w- you know, we have to examine that. So stay with this. What does it mean to not think about anything? It
5: means.
6: Oh.
0: So we're back to. Uh, the discussion. So the question, uh, what is it to not think about anything? So anybody, go ahead.
5: Not to, for me, it's not engaging in an automatic reaction or judgment.
0: Okay, but where is the, here's the, where is the volition in not thinking? So in other words, is it passive or is it active? I've made a choice to observe. You made a choice to observe. You made a choice to not think. Is it possible to not think? Well,
1: it rises
0: and it falls. So let me let me uh, let me remind us of what Dogen said about uh, to think non-thinking. To think non-thinking is to not not think, but to actually to t- to decide. To think non-thinking. So how do we think non-thinking?
4: Here it is. You cut yourself. You're going to say, ouch, it's going to hurt. Right? Yeah. You're going to look at it. It's bloody. Okay. You're going to go for the water. You're going to clean up or you're going to put some cold water or a compress. You, you,
0: right. That is true. But at the same time that this happens, you encounter
3: yes. you have many
0: thoughts, mm-hmm. right? And emotions. So at that moment, to think non-thinking is to not think the thought. It doesn't mean that we don't encounter thoughts. It means we don't add thoughts to thought. To not think yeah. the thought is to, to think non-thinking.
4: Right. So if somebody throws a punch at you, you've got to move along the way.
0: Well, that's beyond... that right. That's it true. Yeah. And often, often that's the easy... Uh, those are the easy examples because yes. those examples snap you out of thought very quickly. It's in between, which is more problematic for us, right? It's very good. So
5: it's how you mentioned about uh, getting hit with the with the second arrow. Right. In and, and one of your other talks that we, you know, um, when you deal with the situation at hand, you deal with the situation and you don't create the story after. Uh, for instance, yeah, like he says, you cut yourself, you fall, you get hurt, you dust yourself up, you get up and then you keep moving. You have, you're driving and you almost, almost got hit in an accident but you didn't mm-hmm. and you continued on the road and then you continued on your day instead of creating a story oh my god they almost hit me yes. i could have died this could have happened that could have happened and you just create a whole story you get this energy going in your body in your system and the rest of the day continues to tumble down from that those thoughts and those that energy that you created mm-hmm. from that moment of almost something happening or or even if it did happen, you deal with the situation and you take care of whatever is present, and then you you continue moving forward. Yep. It's the thought I believe that that is very
0: easy to to when we sit around here. Obviously, you know and you know easy to discuss. But at the moment that it happens, what's not so easy for us is to to avoid the temptation to, actually to avoid the temptation to go with it and to think the thoughts and to add. Thoughts to thoughts or emotions to emotions. So to cut through, right? So the first arrow, this is from us, uh, those of you who don't know, the Sutra of the Two Arrows. The first arrow being what exactly happened, right? And the second arrow is what we add <clears throat> as far as thoughts and emotions to what just happened. So to stay with what happens is to stay with one error, rather than shoot another arrow or be shot with another error that we create. Uh, I think uh, Titan wants to say oh. something.
3: Yeah, it's a matter of practice. Um, I like to simplify things. and I, I think that if I look at it like this, if, if I have some type of input that makes me f- you know, feel discomfort or something I dislike, I look at it like I, I can approach it in only two ways just to simplify. That is, I can I can uh, I can Look at it with thought or I can look at it with awareness and when I do look at it with awareness there is a lack of thought so that to me is an an action and not thinking you know just seeing what it is not giving it any more um, than than it is how do you
0: look at it from awareness
3: well I mean it it definitely takes practice it's not something you can just do Uh, there's there's a training process you know, that, that we practice, and to me, it's, it's really that simple. If something comes up and I notice that it makes me feel uncomfortable, right away, I instead of jumping into thoughts about what's making me feel uncomfortable or, or why, it just said, okay, I'm feeling uncomfortable, and bringing attention to it without assigning anything else to it. And to me, that allows it to begin to dissipate almost immediately.
0: There is discomfort, sounds different than, it feels different than I am feeling uncomfortable. There is contraction, there is this, right? It's an experience, one of many, right? So without being the one who is experiencing, to open it up to just the experience, right? So there's no identification with the thought, the emotion, the memory, right. Right, the story. There's just that.
3: Yeah. I actually find it as a fun process because <laughs> <laughs> something happens and, and, you know, when you don't assign anything to it, because we're, we're so easily triggered and we have so <laughs> many triggers, you know, that one thing can set us off on a whole chain of events and all of a sudden we're, you know, reliving our past, our childhood and something like that happened. But it's actually fun when something happens and you are like, okay, this is interesting. Let's, let's see what happens with this. Yeah. And it kind of, you know, it takes all the weight away from it and, and allows you to just experience it for what it is.
0: Yeah, it opens it up. Go ahead, Sigil.
7: For me, when it's working, yeah, uh, which isn't too often lately, uh, <laughs> in fact, very infrequently, but there's a sense of hmm, me being more things than, or me being more than just, What's happening is a sense of space, and um, I can call a lot of things awareness that I don't think are awareness that are like sticking. Uh, but I can say I'm right there, and so that is awareness, but it isn't. It's perpetuating. It's uh, but when it, awareness is working, it's like there's what's Happening in the situation, and then there's space. Like there's space around the thoughts. There's space around the body feeling. Uh,
0: so let me so ask you: can, it. can you explain that in relation to the cave of the five aggregates? Is the whole of Zen? Is the, the what? The whole is the place where Zen is found. The cave of the five aggregates. So this is you know what we. May want to run away from is what we need to dive into in a different way. Right? In a Not to be way, taken that's the by it. Of course, right. Not to be taken by it, but to open up to it, to turn towards it, right? And to look at, to examine what we think is the trap, is the doorway. That's what he's saying.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? What we try to avoid is what we need to go towards if we want to awaken. Mm-hmm because as long as we run away from, we run away from. And we create, of course, dualism between what we want what we don't want, between mm-hmm. where we are and what we are not.
7: Um, I think I'm running away from the spaciousness, there's some idea somewhere in me that mm-hmm. if I hang on, I'm more protected. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, and that's what we need to verify, right? Is it true? Right. That feels real. I, I feel more protected when I do this, mm-hmm. when I react this way, because mm-hmm. it's familiar, right? I've been, I've been doing it for many years, mm-hmm. right? And so I will keep doing it.
7: Mm-hmm. And it's wired in us, I think.
0: Definitely. But does it work? No. That's, this is the question we need to, to raise. Does it really work? Mm-hmm. And then we look at where we're at, what we have done, and you know, it's like, well, this is not working. It's not working. That's all. Mm -hmm. If it's not working, then I think by realizing it's not working, we open up the possibility that, well, maybe there's another way. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Great. It's
8: interesting because I, that's exactly how I felt too about uh, these emotions. So to me, emotion is like a sticky bubble. So it sticks to us, and but if we keep just a just a tiny space. Then the bubble start floating around and mm-hmm. it's, it's moving. We don't need a you know big space. Just giving mm-hmm. tiny space will help us to detach it. And uh, but sometimes, well, I, I think the uh, we always get a lot of help. And if we accepting the help, then it's easy to detach those things because we can create small. So let's say ninety percent is your emotion, but 10% you create the space, then that would expand it and remove the bubble. But the, uh, and always help is there, but if we don't have a clear mind, then we don't see the help. Mm-hmm. So, like like last week, I, I, I have a little small, you know, hotness and a lot of things happening and uh, I was kind of a little bit down, but just the one really nice thing happened at the end, then that gave me space and it, it removed the bubble too. But I could do that because I, I can see the help is coming, mm. but if you don't have like you know like a blank self mind, then you don't see the help, then you don't get help, so you still stuck to it. Mm. So I think it's important to have those you know blank mind because you can see the help is coming, but if you don't get if you accept those help, then you are going harder way. I think. So it's we should. Do it
0: easier, right? So that seeing, <coughs> that seeing comes from intercepting the automatic mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. If we don't take the time to, to create right. that little space, right. then you know, it's succession, right? It's right. just one thought after, the, after another, and then we keep feeding it. And by feeding it, we stay in the loop. Right. Right? So what we do, essentially what we do, is intercept the automatic mechanism, right? I mean, by the act of sitting. By the act of keeping our mouth shut, not moving, we intercept the automatic mechanism because we don't give the mechanism anything, right? Mm-hmm. You don't give it your eyes, your mouth, your ears, right? And then what? And then you have a chance to actually take a look and see what's going on here. Right. Who, is, who is driving this? Right?
3: I Go like on. that analogy. What? Well, yeah. Bubbles Mm -hmm. because they're very easy to pop. Yeah, (laughs) and the space is always there, we just need to see it. You know, whether it's in between the bubbles or whether we pop a bubble, you can make space out of every
0: situation. Let's let's uh, okay, a couple more and then we're gonna move on. Go ahead quickly. So, uh,
4: for our for us, uh, practitioners that doing a couple years of uh, what we're doing, generally we are uh, breaking the entire concept of our previous life and trying to put the new perception, new uh, way uh, that we are learning to deal in life. However, there is a, like you say, there is a stuff that we are saying, there is kind of simple stuff. The more complicated stuff, there I have a problem. And what I'm talking about is this, the emotions that happen in the past, most of them, putting you in a very, very, not only difficult situation that all our tools that we have right now to this moment, they're not enough. Let's say of grief. Uh, unfortunately, we, we lose one of the people that we knew a couple of weeks ago. And in my mind for very, very long time, almost like a two weeks, I have this picture, this thoughts that I knew this person and now she's not anymore with us. And it's, and whatever I was doing, sitting, trying to take this out, the emotions was there, this thinking was there. Now, my question is very, very simple. We're talking about bubbles. This kind of bubbles, it's very difficult to, to pop. And now, this
3: you make it difficult. Well, you make it <coughs> difficult. Right, let's just
0: let's just to, to wrap this up and move on because we do have to move on. There's just one thing to look at the however. Everything you said, there's only one thing you have to look at from what you said, and this is however because there is no however. There is no however, it's not about how thick it is, it's not about how many words or how many emotions because the mechanism is always the same, okay. The the disease is the same and the cure is the same. And the disease is the cure. That's what we have to look at. There is no but or however. It's not we have but my story or but this case. Well, that's it. That's the beginning of another uh, succession of thoughts which never ends, right? That never ends. And that's what you need to intercept. So there's no however and there's no but. That's the end, and the beginning. I just wanted to say, okay. I just wanted
1: to say one more thing, because it totally reminded me of this in, in a funny way. Um, separating from the drama, no matter how dramatic the situation is, uh, losing somebody, um, like Sayoko, right? Yeah. But, um, or losing anyone in your family, or something huge happening, like you are actually in a car accident and, and something happens to you and you have to get through that. Um, reminds me, reminded me all of a sudden, um, have you ever seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Do you know that time when, when Patsy, Patsy gets hit by an arrow and um, Lancelot thinks he's dead? And he says, you will not have died in vain. And he's like, no, I think I feel better. You know? So it kind of feels, it kind of feels like um, Lancelot is the drama. And the guy is just like, this is what I'm going through. Know? No, no, I think I'm, I'm gonna be okay, you know? And he's, he just wants to go out and avenge everybody, you know. Um, so I just think separating yourself from that trauma of the emotion, too, is so important. Um, not thinking that one thing is bigger than getting cut a finger, kind of like Bert was saying before. Um, one thing is not bigger than the other. It's just something, it's always something you have to deal with. And there are either more emotions or less emotions, but not having, not being dramatic about it. It's actually something I've had to deal with. COF for a long time, um, not being
0: by plan. Um, well, yeah. it's, it's, it, to do not judge by any standards means do not judge by any standards means do not create standards okay. of self or other, of the gravity of the situation. There is no gravity of the situation. There are no standards. Only what you create. So this is why he's asking, is it real? Verify, where is it? where is it that's the task you have to ask where is it I feel it but where is it so and then the next paragraph says to give up yourself without regret is the greatest charity to transcend motion and stillness is the highest meditation so to give up the self without regret what do we give up what is the self what is the self other than that which says, wait a minute, wait a minute, but... You know, in this case, it's one, two, three, four, five. In the other case, is something else. For example, what is the self other than the one who says, however, blah, blah, blah. What is the self other than the thoughts and emotions and memories and uh, conglomeration of stuff that we create... Of course, it's it's karma. Of course, it is. It has that. It has that continuation. Mm -hmm. But in a continuation, where is the self? Where is the segment? And this is, again, what we have to verify. Where is the segment we call a self? Where does it start? Where does it end? Where is it? What is it? Look for it in the body, outside the body, and see what happens. Don't believe or follow a dogma, but look for it and verify what is it. You want to say something? Um, I forgot, what I was to... Okay. Maybe that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to say. All right. <laughs> to give up yourself is to forget. So, yeah. Okay. So, to, to study the self to study the ways to study the self and to study the self is to forget the self. Right? Dogan. And then to forget the self is to be verified by the myriad things, which means everything is verifying you. Not the story of you. That's the difference. It's verifying you, but not your story. It's actually refuting your story, but it's verifying you at the same time, right? So you're saying no. It's not what you think it is. But what is left other than what I think it is? What is there other than my thoughts? Can that be you? Can no thing be you? Right? That's the question. So to give up yourself and it's the greatest charity because when you give up yourself then everything you do is charity. Walking, standing, lying down. Everything can be offered to the world. But primarily the self has to be offered, given up, so to speak. But what is it that we give up? What do we give up?
7: Our to, attachment
1: to that. Okay. That tells us who we are. Yeah, everybody else tells us who we are.
0: We give up knowing. We give up knowing.
1: Knowing who
0: we are. According to everything. Father. We give up everything we know. That's what makes it so different. That's it's a, it's a big question. That's, who you are? It's a big step. But we vow, <laughs> we vow to do the impossible. Right? We vow. The four vows. Look at the four vows. Every time we chant. Right? The four vows. What do we vow?
4: Yeah.
0: To save all the ancient beings. All. Not some. Right, it's unsurpassable. Yet I'm about to get it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it. Right, I'm gonna dive into it. I'm gonna get it. How? Right, that's the question. So then he says, people who reach such understanding free themselves from all appearances without effort and cure all illnesses without treatment. Such is the power of great Zen. Using the mind to look for reality is delusion. Not using the mind to look for reality is awareness. Mm -hmm. Freeing yourself from words is liberation. Remaining unblemished by the dust of sensation is guarding the Dharma. So to remain unblemished by the dust of sensation. What does it mean to remain unblemished? Yeah. does it remind you something from last week? From last week's day show? Mm -hmm. Strip of white silk with no words upon it? Yeah, you
5: just kind of... Same thing. If if you identify with anything, like you said before, it would have like that uh, that blood
0: of like a stain. A stain, right. But that's the white strip of silk without words upon it. One thought for 10,000 years. Cold ash.
1: Right? Like
0: the sixth patriarch said, there's no mirror and no dust. Right. There's no mirror, there's no dust, there's no stand.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So then, from there, you shape-shift. From there, you become what you need to become based on the moment and the situation. But that's, that's the beginning, that's the requirement. Because otherwise, it's blemished punished by. Right? So such is the power of great Zen. So to so and he says, using the mind to look for reality is delusion, not using the mind to look for so how do we not use the mind to look for reality? What is looking for reality? It, 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 because you remember he began by saying you know, that's not real, right? The five aggregates, that's not real. But what is real? What is reality? How do we, if not through the, five, the six senses, right? If not through the eyes, the ears, the nose, the tongue, the body, mind, right? how do we look for reality? So, what you create? That's if, the... if not with these eyes, then with what? If not with these ears, how do I listen? And you remember, you know, the Buddha himself said, right? Those who seek for me in, fo- in, in form, see me not. Those who seek for me in sound, hear me not. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so to lose the eye in the seeing is to not search with the eye. Mm-hmm. To lose the ear in hearing is to not... So that's to give up the self without regret. So at the moment of listening, you lose the ear. Or the ear goes to the sound or the sound goes to the ear. That's another way to say that. Anything else? We're good. All right. So transcending life and death is living home. right? So not suffering another existence is reaching the way. Not creating delusion is enlightenment. Not engaging in ignorance is wisdom. No affliction is nirvana and no appearance of the mind is the other shore. When you're deluded, that's important. When you're deluded, this shore exists. When you wake up, it does not exist. This shore and the other shore and separated by the river of samsara as you've heard before. There's a nice story about that, this uh, this a guy who was uh, studying with a teacher was on one side of the river and then the teacher was on the other side and he asked the teacher, how do, you get to the, how do I get to the other shore? And the teacher yells back, you are on the other shore. <laughs> it's a funny story, but it's very true. We are on the other shore. I mean, the, the, yeah, there is that funny aspect of it, but, but in reality, you are where you need to be. You are what... You want to be. It's just that we don't see that. Because we don't see that, we act deluded, as if deluded. So when we create delusion, we create enlightenment, and then we want, and that's the prize, and then we want to run towards it and get there and we create the other shore. Mortals stay on this shore, but those who discover the greatest of all vehicles stay on neither this shore nor the other shore they're able to leave both shores those who see the other shore as different from this shore don't understand zen now this is not what we want to hear obviously when we first get into practice because we come in with all kinds of complications and difficulties and challenges and you know i want to free myself from it so thinking i want to free myself from it i think well freeing myself from it, it means leaving it behind means transporting to another place, another time, another me. And then we hear, well, no. You are what you need to do. You are what you need to be. You, you are exactly where you want to go or be. That's disappointing, isn't it? Or is it? Any quick comments before we move on? Yeah? Okay. Delusions mean <laughs> delusion means morality and what? Mortality, So Delusions mean means mortality and awareness means Buddhahood. Now delusions. What, what what is delusion? What do we what do we think delusion is? What is delusion? Lie. Hmm? Lie. Okay. Lie or deceive? Deceive deceiving ourselves or another right okay good what else
4: i think delusion has to do is like the other shore is the best shore. this is not a good shore, and i want to get there
0: okay so yeah, this so means me. my life you know the cause I, I have been dealt right i don't like those i want no, i want what the neighbor got right you know so i want that That's or i want what i have in my mind as realization and that's not this. Okay? So rejecting, denying. <clears throat>
5: yeah. Anything else? Yeah? Delusion is uh, wanting anything else other than what is what you have at this moment. What you have here, this. Anything else other than this is delusion.
0: How we respond to the understanding has to do with creating delusion. Right? You know, whether or not we understand how we respond to what is. So it's not necessarily automatic, right? So there is what we face. How we respond to what we face has to do with whether or not we, are, we act as deluded or as realized.
5: So I think about it as people say, oh, the grass is greener on the other side. I think the grass is greener where you nurture it, where you take care of it. So if I take care of the grass on this side, it's going to be as green mm-hmm. and as, you know as the other side.
0: And you know what he's saying? He's saying that the grass is neither green nor no gray. gray. No. Because it is essentially colorless.
3: And there is no other side. And there is no other side. <laughs> yes, but...
0: If, so...
5: I mean, we understand, as we practice, we, we come to understand that, but sometimes when somebody's not practicing, they're always saying this. That that's the, the constant saying always. All mm-hmm. oh, the grass is always greener on the other side, or I want the mm-hmm. other side. To so say that is delusion. But... You know, as you're saying, if we are on this side, whatever we nurture, whatever we take care of, this is what, you know, this, this is what it is. This is being outside of delusion.
0: So, mortals stay on this shore, but those who discover the greatest of all vehicles stay on neither this shore or the other shore. So, you know, if you use the grass, fine. So, they, start, they stay neither in, you know, this part of the grass or that part of the grass, right? So, to realize that the grass essentially, or whatever it is, essentially has no substance. It has no substance Yeah, And then after that, you go back to taking care of the grass, right? And realizing that flowers fall. As in Dogen's, right? Flowers fall. We love them, but they fall. We hate grass. <laughs> or, you know, not that kind of grass, right? Weeds, right? Because weed is a grass. So we hate weeds, but yet they grow. Regardless of how much we don't like them, they grow. Regardless of how much we like flowers, they fall away and die. Right. But that does not mean that anything disappears also. It doesn't mean anything appears. And that's the neither this nor that. So, so it's not staying optimistic, <laughs> right? No. That's not what it's about. I mean, it sounds good, but it's not about staying optimistic. It's accepting. Nancy? I was just wondering, um, in terms of delusion, mm-hmm. is it like sort of unchecked beliefs or perceptions? That's kind of how I... Unchecked, unverified, right? Go back to where we started, right? To, to <coughs> verify. To not verify in a way opens up the gate of creating an alternate reality and then wanting a different one or complaining about the one we have. Right. So to check, to verify, is to open up to realization, or to not create illusions.
2: I would say verifying. You say what? Um, that verifying, I mean, to me, it triggers the more verifying mm-hmm. triggers that something that you're comparing to what you think about it, and it's not what I think we're trying to say here. Verifying has to do with kind of embodying what that is and and you verify (coughs) from actually not knowing, Mm -hmm. you know, you verify by all I know about this situation, you know, it's not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. And that is the verification of it, which is funny because it's not what we do when we verify. we verify is like, we got something and then it's like, okay, how do we match this with what we think? And I don't think what we're talking about here is that. It's more like the verification of it is really true that what I think about this is real, and and that is the not knowing. So you verify by not knowing, which is fine. it's <laughs> completely opposite to what. Uh, right. So then is a different kind,
0: report. a different kind of verification process. Right. That's why he said to not look through the regular mechanism. Uh-huh. Right? To not not through thought. How else? So to not use the the six senses, right? To not use. How else do we verify the world? How else do we meet the world? Right? I mean, we, we meet reality through ears, nose, tongue, body, mind. Right? That's how we know how to meet reality. How else do we do it? How do you do... Okay, when you sit... What do you do? What do you look at?
6: Um, I just experience, I guess. I just experience as it's happening. And sometimes, often that's with thought that I then see mm-hmm. with my eyes closed. Right. I feel or experience happening.
0: Seeing with my eyes closed, right? So it's a different kind of seeing. Right. It's a, it, it's, a, it's a more all-encompassing seeing, right? It's, it's, a, it's a larger kind of seeing, right? It's not limited to the, to the vision. Eye is limited. Eye is an eye. is limited. But your ability to see is not limited. Right? Even if you're blind, your ability to see is not limited because it's not just about what the eye can see as an eye. And you say experience, right? And that grows. The experience grows beyond you, beyond what you call Nancy. Or beyond what the eye can see as an eye. And that's this what is what we have to trust little by little. And it's it's challenging. It's challenging because we feel lost without turning to our senses. Right? And in a way we have to get lost. (laughs) We have to lose it, the trust.
6: Yeah. Well I guess I, because in this reality, like when you were talking about defining like what is reality, I mean mm-hmm. that's like a larger mm-hmm. question because you're talking about the reality that people are in and all you do is use your senses to define that reality, what you, what you see, what you hear, right? Even if you're blind or you're hard of hearing, your reality is in essence still the same as someone else walking around in mm-hmm. this construct of reality, so How do you, when you're sitting and your reality is not necessarily based on the senses as they are when you're like walking around Mm -hmm. in reality, you're, there's like a, um, uh, there's like a sixth sense, I guess is the, the only way I can say it, like another, another sense that's not the same as yeah me. you know in
0: Buddhism the sixth one is taught so yeah. <laughs> I guess I mean more like a, like, an, like a gut
6: wisdom like a gut wisdom, Yeah. Wisdom. right right exactly
0: so yeah it's, it's, it's really moving from a different place it's, it's meeting reality from a different place for not negating the senses but not defining through the senses so, so it means using the senses correctly Right, not defining the self through the sense.
6: Like my knee was really hurting, mm-hmm. right? And so, and someone was talking about this before, so I, I see like the arrow, the first arrow. Yeah. So, yeah. so is that like a labeling, like there's discomfort, but then not saying like, well, what's gonna happen? Am I gonna be like permanently disabled, Am I gonna right. <laughs> like that? Like that, but just like seeing, just like feeling it and then still sitting.
0: Yeah, no, then that, okay. that would be yeah, that would be the second error, right? You know, the thoughts the thoughts about the pain, con, you know, constitute the second error, right? We were just talking about it yesterday we were on the way back from we went to a, a uh, and then uh, I just remember that you know a few months back one of our members said that she was sitting in a sushin and she thought that she's gonna just not be able to move at all after that because of so much pain, right? A lot of hours of sitting, but then she said you know she got up, we moved around, twenty minutes later it was gone. And, you know, we think we're actually mm-hmm. paralyzed, right? And then it's gone, you know. But at the moment that it's happening, it's real. I mean, it feels very real, right? And the story corroborates something that we create. Itself, in a way. The story corroborates itself.
6: But is that thinking even while you're sitting, thinking this pain will go away, this is temporary, that's still thinking, right? Or is that a different
0: concept? Yes this pain will go away, or this pain is horrible, or this pain is black or white or green. All that has to do with labeling it, or comforting myself, or whatever, right? So what the instructions are to uh, ex- experience it, right? To, um, to realize that's what's happening right now. there is that, but to expand it. What else is going on other than just that, right? So then you don't feed it with anything, right? And then you allow it to be. In a way. You allow the pain to be. So you don't resist the pain. <clears throat> and in that, something changes. I think, I think we all know that. Those who sit for a while know that there's no avoiding feeling pain. But what happens when you allow the pain to... When you give it space, basically. right? Because when, when you label it, you don't give it space. You narrow it down. You narrow its existence too what you think about this and how it affects you. So, in that moment, can I give the self without regret? As, you know, as he says, right? In that moment. Because to not give the self without regret is to create a story out of that pain. Or, or thicken a story that's already perpetuating. Right? But to step away from like, so, okay, well, yeah, there is this. But that's okay. I'm going to leave it be. And if I can adjust, I adjust. I mean, if there's right in between, I maybe do something about that, you know, in kin hin, change position, go from cross-legged to seiza, or whatever. Take a chair. We do that too? You want to say something? Okay. Clear or somewhat? Okay, good. So, uh, now, delusions, mortality. Delusions means mortality, right? But we are in this body, right? And he says awareness means buddhahood. What what is the difference between mortality and Buddhahood? Or is he creating distinctions? I don't what does he say?
1: I think being aware, being aware um, of delusion, uh, think <laughs> being aware of delusion. Um, means that you you accept the fact that you do thoroughly deluded Okay. Acceptance of that, and then you're aware of that, and it's there. But it's in the same.
0: Well, li- look what he's saying. They're not the same. That's okay. Well, let's see. Let's see if, if Bodhidharma can. So <laughs> he's saying they're not the same, and yet, and yet they're not different. They're not the same and they're not different. It's just that people distinguish delusion from awareness. Right? So people distinguish delusion from awareness. When we are deluded, there is a world to escape. When we are aware, there is nothing to escape. Nothing to escape. And that's, that's what clarifies it.
1: The escape is delusion. The thinking that we have somewhere else to go is delusion. Thinking, and knowing that we have
0: nowhere else to go and accepting it is... that's saying this shore is the other shore he's saying this shore is the other shore this is where we want to go right it's he's saying the same thing in different words i mean you know every actually all Dharma teachings kind of you know say the same things in different words but we have to hear it from all angles and all directions because hard heads yeah
4: <clears throat> generally I mean I, I, I think like Zen really really you know open different concept in a way to think to feel to live mm-hmm. and it's like uh, you know, many many years ago you give me this uh, uh, teaching that it's like a matrix when he's teaching testing this uh, steak. And he say, I know it's a fake. I know it's not this taste. Somebody told me to feel this taste or to eat that. I know, but I still choose to have that. And that generally we are, all of us. We, we, we sometimes we want to be in this illusion.
0: Because but it's comforting.
3: Midges. Yeah, it's comforting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: Because it's comforting, you know, it's, 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 it is comforting.
4: Because it's not only comfort, sometimes it's our kind of uh, mechanism of protection. We're protecting ourselves because the, the reality is hard. The reality is cruel sometimes. The reality, it doesn't matter, it's true. It's true. But we're trying to ignore that. We're trying to live different lives. We're trying to do something different, and uh, then don't accept that.
0: Yeah, but you see, uh, and you know, being in this position, I, I, I work. You know, I've been working with a lot of people for many years. But you know, people open up to the practice, and they they allow themselves to become vulnerable and to start to venture out to the unknown, and to start to let go of the known. But then, then even after years. Something starts to build up in them, the resistance again, and then they would run back to the known and, and abandon the unknown again and then go back to living in delusion. So, you know, this is something that we all have to understand because we all, have to, we all face that on a regular basis, right? that uh, those voices are not going to go anywhere. They're not going to go anywhere. And, you know, they shouldn't go anywhere. It's just that we have to learn to recognize that and, and learn to open it up. So when the knee hurts, right, it's kind of the same, you know, when the voice comes up, we have to, okay, fine, no problem. I know it's what you want me to do, but there are other things going on. And this is what I choose to do right now. It's
4: create a conflict uh, in your it side. It does create a conflict.
0: And, so then, uh, and then the, uh, the, right, the fundamental... It's like the fundamental just the thing. the two are not two, But until we realize they're not two, yeah, there is a seeming conflict, and in that conflict, one thing wins, the other one loses, until we realize that this show is the other show. Yeah. And even then, we forget.
4: So: uh, Yeah. So the, when, when do we feed delusion, and when do we say we're using our mind to make the right decision? Because we're using our history a lot, you know you, you know, you catch yourself, oh my God, I have to go to the hospital. Versus, oh, just a pain. It's, we can do, mm-hmm. I don't care about it. It's going to go away. Maybe. Well, there is a fine balance, though, between
0: this. Well, there is the ba- balance has to do, it's not really balance. What it has to do is awareness, right? So, so what we are strengthening is that. And to do things from the right place, right, is to not do anything to feed an idea of separation, right? So is there an agenda, you know? And often, often the awareness, well, we have to ask just one question. What, what is the agenda here? Am I doing what I'm doing to defend an idea of or, or, or self? Or is it really, because there is self-preservation, but there is self-preservation that is, has nothing to do with self-preservation, right? Two kinds of self-preservation. Of course, you know any 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 uh, animal, right? Any uh, right? Any species, you know, will try to protect itself, right? Do what it needs to do, but we're not. We're doing way beyond that. We are protecting what we create. Our actions are not designed to protect just this body, right? So, so that's, that's the question. So, one is real, one is imaginary. But only, only. Uh, only through awareness we can see that. And that's what we work to show up in the US.
5: Yeah, I think, I was. you are saying, um, one of it is to protect your physical body and one of it is to say to who we think we are. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where we struggle and why we have so much difficulty um, with uh, interacting with, with people, with uh, anyone outside of ourselves because we have created uh, uh, an ego that goes with, with the self, you know, and sometimes that's what we're trying to protect when someone tells us something and then we react and we say, you know, where does this person get off speaking to me like this or protecting, you know, uh, yourself in, in that sense that um, that you want respect, you want admiration, you want, Credit for certain things, for this this person that you created, and the, and the more you attach to this this creation, whether it is I'm I'm a doctor, I'm a teacher, I'm a priest, I'm a mom, or whatever it is that we are, you know, we feel that we want everybody else to treat us a certain way because of the label that we we have given ourselves, right? And and sometimes that's where. Um, where, you know, it's difficult when we say, you know, letting go of that person that we created because we feel like when you let go, what is left of us, right? What is left of us? So when you let go of that, there's nothing to protect, you know? And, um, and I think that's part of the, what you say, the delusion. That's, but
0: that's what needs that's to be delusion. verified. You see, yeah. that exactly is what needs to be verified. What is it that I am um, What, Who or what needs what you just described. Yeah. You say, oh, we need, I need. Yeah. Who? And for what? Yeah. To do what with?
5: And, and well, that's that uh, everybody has their own that, you know, uh, self that we, every, each one of us have our own self that we created and, you know, we have to realize what is it that, exactly, what are we trying to protect?
0: Yeah, so that's, you know? and, and it, takes, it takes courage. It takes courage because Again, we go against the current, right? We go against what we think or believe to be true.
5: So when you are in a situation like that, that's the question to ask. Why yeah. am I angry? Who am I trying to protect? Right. You know, uh, why am I afraid? You know, am I in, is my body in imminent danger or the self I created is in danger? Right. You know, so this is, uh, and it's
0: tough to identify it sometimes. It is well, to allow the, the, the immediate sense of contraction to subside. Yeah. Right? There is an immediate sense of contraction, but to give it the time to subside rather than go automatically with the, the voice, or I mean, the hand, the foot, whatever. Right? You know, the, so give it time, give it space, let it subside. Take the
5: breath. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get track.
0: Oh, Jack, you want to say something? Yeah. Okay. I think, I think we Carol wants to go. say something. Yes. Oh, yes. We, have.
5: we have to oh, Sorry.
0: So we're going to keep going uh, for a little while longer. Okay. Thank you. It's good to see you both. So he says, if you use the mind to study reality, you won't understand either your mind or reality. If you study reality without using your mind, you'll understand both. Those who don't understand, don't understand understanding. We have to read slowly, right? Those who don't understand, do not understand understanding. And those who understand, understand not understanding. I got it. I, I apologize. <laughs> well, I, I apologize. <laughs> well, I okay, so those who don't <laughs> understand... <laughs> Right. Those who don't understand, don't understand understanding. Who's right? And those who understand, understand not understanding. Go ahead, shed light.
3: Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I can
0: spit it back at you, but uh. I followed
3: you. <laughs> it made certain sense.
0: To what extent?
3: <laughs> what does it mean
0: to not those who don't understand, right? If we don't understand, we don't understand understanding. He's talking about understanding. We don't understand understanding. Right? And those who understand, understand not understanding. The whole process is, is revealed.
1: So we think that understanding means, again, out here.
0: No. Okay, we separate, right? So we, we limit understanding to logic, for example, Right? So, right? We limit, so we give it the, um, in a way, the box of logic. Right? In the box of logic. So, what he's saying is that logic is included, but logic itself is not enough. Right. No, it's not enough. Maybe I Logic itself is not enough as, as, as a tool, right? right? To verify reality. Well,
3: I'm always reminded that we negate enough. Everything in our experience is, in, is inclusive. Okay. Right? Whether it's, even, even sometimes when it's imaginary, that's still part of our reality because it exists within the realm of Buddhahood. And it has no opposite. And I, I think that's the thing to remember, is that Buddhahood life has no opposite.
0: Right. what so the answer, everything is included, right? Nothing is outside of it, including logic, Right. Yeah and including uh, those yeah. who are, you know, maybe not as bright, right? <laughs> right? It's well, not that well, they, well, they well, lack.
1: More more...
0: Yeah, but everything and everybody is included. Mm-hmm. Nothing is outside of it. Yeah.
3: It's, a, it's a full spectrum, you know, from, from the, the highest intellect to the lowest intellect. Um,
0: it's beyond that capacity. Yeah. You see, it's beyond that. It's beyond what the eye can see. It's beyond what the mind can think. But it does not negate the eye or the mind. Right. Or the eye's ability to see and the mind's ability to think. Right? So to use it correctly, to use the eye correctly, to use the mind correctly, for that matter. Right? To use thinking correctly. Right? And then he says, people capable of true vision know that the mind is empty. They transcend both understanding and not understanding, right? The absence of both understanding and not understanding is true understanding, and that I hope sheds light. Yeah, I don't know. Does it? I think so. Yeah, I
3: mean, it takes me back to what you were saying about your knee earlier. Also, is when you're sitting with the pain. To continue that analogy, you know, the wisdom comes in when you finally do something about it. When, when you realize that, okay, I, I, this is how much I can take and I can't take any more, and without any thought, you move. And that to me is the wisdom in the action. There was no thought to it, it just at a, at a certain point, regardless of how much thought you did give it earlier, at some point you oh, go, okay, you move your life without any thought, and all of a sudden, to me, that's the wisdom.
0: This is actually, if you look at this paragraph, which I was gonna bring up next, it's, it's what you're saying. Uh, When your mind doesn't steer inside, the world doesn't arise outside. When the mind doesn't move, then nothing arises. It doesn't mean there's no sensation of pain, but nothing stirs up in reaction to the sensation of pain. You see, nothing gets moved by that. Only awareness is experiencing that. So you acknowledge. There is acknowledging of, of, right, of this experience. But there's no stirring up thoughts.
6: I guess my question would be to that, though. um, What is the line between the wisdom of moving it in that way and moving it because you're escaping from the pain without realizing that that's what's, or the discomfort without thinking, without being conscious of the thoughts that that's why you're moving. Do you know what I mean?
0: Okay, so explain it again in a way that is uh, for experience. Do you have an so, experience or example?
6: I guess the only way I can say is that I... Uh, my... It, okay, I'm trying to articulate it. So if I'm feeling pain, let's say... Mm-hmm. The way my mind works with my habitual patterns from the past, so I, I'm very much an escaper of discomfort and pain certain certain kinds. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know that I'm doing it. So it's not like my mind is loud thinking, oh my god, this pain is terrible. I'm not necessarily aware that those thoughts are happening, even even sitting, maybe more so because I have more frequently. But so I could just move
0: mm-hmm.
6: as an escape of the discomfort. Right. I mean, without realizing, without me saying, okay, I'm going to move now because I'm in pain. Yes. Right? Yes. So the line between that moving for that reason when you're not aware that that's happening versus the wisdom of like it's just just moving because it's time to...
2: I would say it's practice. I mean, it's the the practice of awareness long enough because, I mean, at the beginning, like you said it very well, you are not even aware to Mm -hmm. begin with that you're going into those normal behaviors. Oh. So the reason that you put awareness now makes that a completely different situation than before. No. It's like now I have pain, and before I move. now, oh, OK. No. Should I move, should I not? And that is desperation of it. And there is no real answer that is not happening not, I mean outside of you. The only answer is from you. Oh. You will know when you're moving because you're escaping. Or when you're moving, because you just move, and and you will know. Mm-hmm. There is nobody else can tell you. However, how do you know that? Is by practicing and sharpening this. Because I mean, at the beginning it's very confusing, and it is very confusing. And, and you can tell, and I'm like, you can hear Abby struggling with certain kind of sensations, and that is because it's hard. You have all these, and it is confusing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why. And and then after. I mean, as you practice more awareness, you kind of narrow down more about, okay, this is where, you know, this is where all the story is, I mean, my escaping, and this is where the story ends, mm-hmm. and, and you can I mean, you don't see it all that, but you start seeing it every now and then in certain stories, and certain things that are easier for you to dissolve, and then, you know, there's always something else that is harder, and it's, that's the continued practice. Um, but, but I totally agree with you. I have that question forever. I still have it. Like, when is this enough? When, when should I... When what's going on, it's moving me from the right place. Where well, the, 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 right the, place?
0: the question has to do with, the, of course, developing awareness at the beginning, but the question comes down to why. Right? You know, so, so is it the right thing to do? There are all times, there are all situations... That you're gonna have to switch position you're gonna have to address it. you can't say well nothing exists so I'm just going to whatever you know I'm just gonna plow right through that because that won't make sense right so if you have it, and and that that is that has to do with experience and practice you know because that's what we do and essentially it's endless meaning that the deepening of that is endless we we realize but Okay, we realize, 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 but then to deepen the realizations, right, that is the rest of our lives, right? As long as we are breathing, we are practicing. And as long as we practice, we deepen. It's, it comes down to that. So, I don't know if that's a good answer, but that's the answer. <laughs> no,
6: that's helpful. That's I mean, the knee is just sort of like, it's one concrete thing. Yeah.
0: Right, right. And then, right. Who is experiencing? How much space can I give it? Right? Do I need to move? What's the limit? Right? You know, only you know. Because we don't want to injure ourselves, obviously. Right? That won't make sense. Okay. I want to wrap it up. I want to wrap it up with this uh, paragraph. It's a few minutes. Um, When you understand, reality depends on you. When you don't understand, you depend on reality. When reality depends on you, that which isn't real becomes real. When you depend on reality, that which is real becomes false. When you depend on reality, everything is false. When when reality depends on you, everything is true. So, any thoughts about that any uh what do you see Uh, in this uh,
4: we are as a human body Mm -hmm. uh, complicated kind of machine but at the same time very very um barbaric not developed at, at all because we have sense very strong of eye ear smells but it's very very Easy to dilute that. Very, very easy to the point that it's nothing. You talk about pain in your leg. Um, hypnotists, the real good pe- uh, hypnotized people, they can put you in a minus twenty degrees water and you're going to be sweat and you're going to think that i be cooking because it's so hard but it's frozen water uh, uh, eyes you know there's uh, 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 pictures that you can see in one side you see face the other it's old uh, lady. Mm-hmm. we can be deluded delusion in our life and I think and this is me that when we practice Zen, we less and less become delusion, have this delusion in our life. It's difficult, it's practice and practice, and still, as many of your ears are going to practice, still, you got to have this delusion. You're not going to be 100% know where is delusion, where is the truth. But again, we practice, and we hope that one day we're going to see the, the, the real picture of that somehow I'm a doubt,
0: but... Let's go back to this, though, to today, because this is the day we have to realize, just today, right? Not one day. No today. One. Okay. So when you understand, reality depends on you. Now, when you don't understand, you depend on reality. Now, when reality depends on you, that which isn't real becomes real. What do you think? That which isn't real becomes real when you don't understand. How? But how does it become real? That which isn't real becomes real.
2: Yeah, we create all these ideas. We
1: think it's not real if we're thinking about it.
0: But when you don't understand, you depend on reality, he says. When you don't understand, you depend on reality. What is reality? And then when you do understand, reality depends on you.
5: How you
1: perceive it.
2: Well, is I think, is
0: a well, what is what is reality and what is you?
2: I think, I think with the, with the point I understand from that has to do with <laughs> you're getting deluded by all, all your thoughts, it's like the world is kind of treading on you, you know? And everything, it's like you, you cannot belong to reality in the sense that everything that happens is happening to you. And then, when you understand, you know, then you have a completely different mindset about reality. And reality is like something that is not there to trip you, but is there for you to work. And and so, so that is what I think it's pointing at. I agree.
0: So, but then, when reality depends on you, everything is true. How? Huh? When reality depends on you, everything is true.
2: Well, because you're not deluded at that time. You're kind of aware and, you know, things that you're doing are coming from the right place of expression of whatever it is.
0: Look what he's saying after that. Thus, the sage doesn't use his mind to look for reality or reality to look for his mind. Or his mind to look for his mind or reality to look for reality. His mind doesn't give rise to reality and reality doesn't give rise to his mind. And because both his mind and reality are still, it's always in samadhi. He's not creating two things to choose from, although it sounds like that. He's not creating, you know, better or worse, or, Lord, should, or, should, or should. yeah, one second. be right with you. He's not creating two things. That's what he's saying. What he's saying at the end. It's not to use this to look for that, or to look for, to use that to look for this, because this is that.
3: So my mind nice. is reality.
0: Come back next week and tell us, you know, you have to look at it and then see what you think. So, <laughs> what you come up with? Uh, but, okay, Th- those are questions we need to look at and verify and understand. What's going on? Who is working with what? What is affecting who? Right? And then that gives us the, the direction of the examination. But it's examination. Let me, Andrew, go ahead. Yeah. I, I kind of lost it a little bit, but that, that
7: was what I was thinking and related to one of the sentences, but I can not remember which one
0: now. <laughs> uh, so that's okay. So open the 10 directions. It's fine. All the 10 directions are wide open. Actually, maybe that will maybe that paragraph will help, and then we'll we'll actually wrap it up with this. Um, When you don't understand, right seems wrong. When you understand, wrong isn't wrong, because wrong doesn't exist. Because wrong doesn't exist, right? Now it says the sutras say nothing has a nature of its own. So that's the ten directions are wide open, angel. Right? Nothing has a nature of its own. Act. Don't question when you question you're wrong wrong is the result of questioning that's when the the mind stirs when a question
1: arises right
0: the answer is before the question not after the question and that's really the, the that's what we have this is the difficult aspect of it right because we we look for something but then we look for it always without examining is there a question Is there a question at all? Because the question brings up wrong, right and wrong. Or the question comes out of feeling as if we exist in right and wrong. And that's, this is what we have to verify whether or not it's true. Right? So we will end with that and uh, hopefully begin from there. (laughs) Uh, to deepen our examination, and uh, please keep reading and read this entire book. There's lots, lots, and lots there for us as a fuel for practice, for deepening our practice. Okay, so any last words to conclude? We're good. I th- yes. I, th- I think the,
8: uh, at the end we really want to transfer this to the real life. Of course that is important, but if, if, if this is only this moment, it's useless. So you really want to actualize this to the real world. So I was thinking, so you know, you're talking about the knee pain or a lot of emotional uh, thinking coming through. I Recently I started having different approach and just simply lowering my standard is, is really a nice thing to do. So, mm-hmm you know, many times we get the uh, imperfect dozen, uh, we think a lot, then we disturb a lot, but if you roll the standard, then the, uh, that's okay, right? So uh, then it means that you're accepting no matter what you have at that moment. So I think the uh, that's actually extended to the real life because the uh, uh, to be really clear-minded and be present, we have to accept every moment and move on. So I think doesn't to me it's always kind of practice field, that you practice that, then we can transfer to the real world. But if you we can't do it in Zazen, we, there's no way we can do it in the real life anyway, too. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm, I use all these pain or all these delusion or emotional thinking as the uh, sort of the uh, practice to accept, you know, the, the, in Daibosatsu, the uh, Doku Osho said that, right? He had no complaint whatsoever. (laughs) He he declared that, and I, I I still remember that Mm -hmm. it's kind of tattooing my mind. So, so even in a real life, you see any hardness or any you know resistance, Mm -hmm. but yeah, we just accept what it is.
0: Don't You know, to keep to keep to 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 see our zazen as as a portal to unknown, as 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 a way to, you know, step away from everything that's known, everything that is that I understand, right? Everything that I don't understand. To step away from it all without abandoning or leaving anything behind, right? right? So it's an opportunity, every time we sit, is an opportunity to look into everything, into the nature of all things. It's huge. It really is huge. It's not like, okay, I gotta sit and then put a check mark, I said today. Th- that's not what it's about.
8: Right, right. You all mm-hmm. mentioned that, the, you know stupid, right? So the lowering standard, meaning to me, the stu- being stupid, but yeah, uh, that's not,
4: not stupid. stupid. I don't uh,
8: know, right?
0: It's but it's yeah. allowing. Is that, is that
5: yeah.
0: Yes, I and don't. I say I don't know. Oh, yes, that's okay. It's the same thing. It's <laughs> good. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead, that, that's, We gotta wrap it up. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. I, I agree with him. Like sometimes,
5: <laughs> you. Sometimes, okay? as you said, you have certain standards, something, things that you. You you you, uh you you measure, you wanna measure things, you wanna measure your experience. Some days you sit and you're like, Whoa, you know, no pain. And sometimes you come in, you sit and you're like, Oh my god, this is my first sitting and I'm already feeling this. How am I gonna continue for the next couple of sittings? Every time is different. And sometimes uh when you when you attach when you when you're measuring you're attaching, you expect things to always Improving, get bigger and get better. And sometimes you have a setback. Sometimes you experience pain. Sometimes you sit with a lot of thoughts, and you feel like, okay, I already, I already worked through this problem. I already ex- uh, worked through the situation. I shouldn't be experiencing. I am. I've been sitting for a, a couple of years. I've been sitting longer. I should be. I should be at a different level of understanding. Mm-hmm. And and we measure that, and we. And we end up getting ourselves frustrated because every time we sit on a cushion, it's a new experience. It's it's You have to sit with it with a new experience, with not knowing what the outcome is going to be, not knowing if you're going to experience pain or not experience pain, or if something's going to show up with, for you that, that you felt that you already worked through. And every time is a new experience, and as long as we sit with it, with the new experience and with that, this huge uh, expectations or, or labels or comparison, you know, we're going to be okay. We're just going to sit and experience and, and, you know, go on with our day mm-hmm. without thinking, oh, this really sucked. Or, I was in a lot of pain or, you know, I'm going backwards instead of forwards. I'm not growing. I'm not understanding. No, we're, we're not. That's the whole thing is that we're not going to understand everything. You know, occasionally we're going to read something and it's going to, Something's going to click and you're going to go, oh, all right, so that's what that is. And that's it. And it's going to be a passing moment. So when it happens, just enjoy it and then just move forward. Because that's, that's pretty much what happened to, to me. I, I, I felt like um, I was doing really, I mean, this is, I'm going into my fourth year of sitting with my guys. And, and sometimes I feel like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm listening to things. Why am I not, why is something not clicking? And it's okay, then I go home and I'll sit and I'll grab the book and I'll oh, okay, now I get it. So you're going to get it when it's your time to get it, you know. You're going to sit in here and you're going to come in here being a beginner and all of a sudden you're going to have a, somebody you're going to go like, oh my God. And you're going to be sitting here for years and you're going to feel like, okay, where am I right now, you know. So this, decide, is why, this is why, why, uh, this
0: is why Suzuki uh, Roshi uh, wrote a book titled Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, not, and, and of course the, the common uh, mistake is to think that this is a book for those who enter as new, and, uh, and it's not true. This is a book for all who want to practice Zen, because Zen mind is a beginner's mind, period. If we're not beginners, we have no idea how, what, how to practice it. We're not practicing Zen. We're practicing accumulating something. Four years, five years, 20 years, yes, who cares? Yes. Why does it matter? It doesn't matter because this has nothing to do with how long we have been. It has to do with this. right? And this, is, this has nothing to do with how many years you've been around uh, in this body or on this cushion. <laughs> Doesn't matter, right? What matters is this, and and to keep it open and to ten directions wide open, as Anshu mentioned, right? Reminded us, so all things are wide open, and that's this is where everything happens. So let's leave it at that, and uh, we'll keep going. We'll keep deepening, keep practicing, and um, probably study another book for the uh, spring angle. All right, so I will communicate uh, by email about that. Okay, so thank you very much and we'll keep going.